Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Ward. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. I pray it encourages your heart with fresh hope. Get more of my teachings on Chaplet Change TV YouTube page or listen to 99.5 FM KKLA every Sunday at 3.30. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for all the kids. God is good all the time. We are grateful to have a church uh, that is teaching uh, the younger generation about Jesus. And I really, really uh, just encourage young families to bring their kids to church. Bring their kids to church. The church is designed to help you build a spiritual foundation in their lives. We're not just plain patty cake. We are teaching the Bible, teaching them how to pray. And there's, there's preachers up in there. There's teachers up in there. There's doctors up in there. I was thinking about little David. Might be an NBA star up in there one day, right? Right? So we want to just build them up with a spiritual foundation to the glory of God. Someone shout amen. amen. Well, it's good to be back, everybody. On behalf of my wife and I and family, we thank you for your prayers and support. And uh, it's been uh, about three months since I've stand right here at the 10 a.m. service. And so super grateful to be back. Don't ever try that on your own. Some of y'all get that later. Y'all better not be missing for three months. But my uh, family and I are just so grateful to have a church that supports us in prayer and allowed us to go on sabbatical to uh, really recharge for this next 10 years. We're celebrating 10 years at Chapel of Change in October. And the Lord has been moving in Chapel of Change in a significant way. Uh, by His grace, uh, we became one of the fastest growing churches in the nation to the glory of God. And we have seen thousands of people surrender their life to the Lord and people be discipled and marriages being refreshed. And so uh, we, we, we come back to say that we're excited about the next 10 years of what God is going to do at Chapel of Change. We see, we see God using Chapel of Change in a significant way continually to bring people into the kingdom of God, to teach kids about Jesus, to bring fresh hope to marriages and families and even the nations. Come on, somebody. God is using Chapel of Change. In fact, this week, uh, me and Pastor Martin and uh, Brother Jeremy and even Jonathan, right? Raise your hand, Jonathan. We're going to be flying out to Guatemala this week, and we've been invited to be a part of a ceremony where we're receiving 17 churches into our global free Methodist movement right there in Guatemala. We're setting up shop. The kingdom of God, Chapel of Change is impacting that, that nation to the glory of God. So that's happening this week. God is using Chapel of Change uh, in a special way, and part of our long-term vision is we are going to 
adopt the nation of Guatemala to bring fresh hope over there. And so I'm hoping, you know, in the future, God, God willing, in a year or so as we get everything set up, I'm hoping to go to Guatemala with some of y'all and, and help out over there and, and feed people and bless people and encourage people. So um, I'm telling everybody, get your passport now. Get your I'm telling everybody, get your passport now. Because it takes a process to get your passport. So get it now. Coach Kenny, get your passport now. Clear up any felonies or anything. <laughs> no, I just said, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> um, also, next year, next year, we're planning a missions trip to the island of Samoa next year. So we're excited about that. Pastor uh, Tino's organizing that, and I uh, have a meeting with Pastor Tino tomorrow, and some people already uh, are going. And so uh, I'm telling you, we have some exciting things going on at Chapel of Change. I figure if I go to Samoa, man, that's going to be a blessing, amen? Queen, you got to go. Queenie, you got to go. So we're excited. Also, we're excited um, in October... We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary with a Fresh Hope revival, a Fresh Hope revival, and we're doing things different this year. Uh, we are trying to go coast to coast. We're going to start off with Wednesday night at our Long Beach campus revival night. Then on Thursday, we're renting the Carson Community Center. We're going to go big in the city of Carson. And then on Friday night, we're going to hear at Paramount, we're going to be underneath the tent. And we're bringing in one of the most uh, influential preachers in the whole world, uh, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, a dynamite, Holy Spirit, prophetic uh, a preacher. He's going to be here on Friday night underneath the tent, which we're excited about. And then we're going to, on Saturday night, we're going to the city of Whittier, going to hold revival in the city of Whittier to the glory of God. So keep that in prayer because we want you to take the trip with us from coast to coast to coast uh, to the glory of God as we celebrate what God has done. Someone shout amen. All right, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. As you're turning there, uh, we are looking for people to join our morning prayer group uh, at around 9.15 a.m. before the service on Sundays, uh, Pastor Phil and his wife go to our prayer room. We actually have a literal prayer room right here in the corner of the, of the church. And they pray for our weekend services for about maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes, 25 minutes. They pray starting on Sundays at 9.15 around there, uh, maybe a little bit earlier. But they pray uh, because how many of you know we believe in the power of prayer? Right? We believe in the power of prayer, that we need to saturate everything we do in, in, in prayer. So if you're willing to partner with prayer, uh, I encourage you to get a hold of Pastor Phil. Come here on, earlier on a Sunday and pray. We need people to pray because we're seeing big things in the spirit where God is using Chapel of Change, and we need to cover everything in prayer. Someone shout amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17. Hear the word of God the Lord. Now the Lord is the spirit, someone say spirit. spirit, 
And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Another translation says freedom. Someone shout freedom. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Someone shout freedom. How many need more freedom in their life? Right? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's why we worship one of the reasons why we worship the Lord. Uh, we're not here just to sing songs. We're here to usher in the presence or the Spirit of the Lord. Because wherever the Spirit of the Lord goes, there's power, there's freedom. Chains break off when the Spirit of the Lord enter into the place. Someone shout amen. Look at verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding, someone say beholding, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the doing of his word. I want to start off this morning by giving some review of the teaching I gave last Thursday night. By the way, in Paramount, our midweek service is on Thursday night. And I brought to our attention last Thursday night that the goal of the gospel is transformation. Someone shout transformation. The goal of the gospel is not to give you lots of money. The goal of the gospel is not to elevate your comfort. The goal of the gospel is not just to put goosebumps on your body. The goal of the gospel is not to make you feel good per se. But the goal of the gospel is transformation. God wants deep transformation for us from the inside out. And I'm not just talking about any type of transformation. I'm talking about the type of transformation that turns you into another being. I'm talking about the type of transformation that gets people to second guess if it's really you. Is it really you? What happened to you? That, 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 that's not the Billy I grew up with. In fact, this word transformation, it gives the amazing picture of the process of a lowly worm changing into a beautiful butterfly. That's the picture of this word transformation. That's what God wants to do with us. That's what happens when, when we allow the gospel to come into our lives. It transforms us from worms to butterflies transforms us from night crawlers. Remember you go fishing the night crawlers to beautiful butterflies that fly with the wind. Our foundational verse this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it teaches us about transformation. Here, Apostle Paul writes to the believers to teach them the means of transformation, the, the means of transformation, the way of transformation when they enter into the kingdom of God, uh, the, the means of transformation, the way of transformation. How do we become more like Jesus? How do we become more like Jesus? Because at the end of the day, the goal is Jesus. 
At the end of the day, the goal is Jesus. So how do we become more and more like Jesus? How do we undergo this deep-seated, spirit-fueled transformation that the gospel brings about in our life? The key is in this world word, beholding. Someone say beholding. The key is in this word. Uh, we, we behold Jesus to become like Jesus. We behold Jesus to become like Jesus. We behold Jesus to become like Jesus. We, we, we become what we behold. We become what we behold. That's why you got to be careful what you allow yourself to watch out all the time. That's why you got to be careful what you allow yourself to listen to all the time. That's why you got to be careful what environment you allow yourself to be at all the time. Because the spiritual principle is true, whether in the positive or in the negative. You become what you behold. So in the kingdom of God, beholding Jesus is the means of, salva uh, of transformation and that's what it says. It says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So let's think about that word beholding. Beholding means to continually look. That word beholding means to continually look. It means to gaze, not just glance. The word beholding means to stare deeply into, not just glance. It means to gaze, not just glance. It means to stare deeply into, to stalk, not just glance. Hello, somebody. See, you glance when you read the Bible every now and then. You glance when you pray every now and then. You glance when you come to church every now and then. But it's not the glance that transforms us. It's the gaze that transforms us. See, the glance attracts us to Jesus, but the gaze transforms us into Jesus. Hello, somebody. The glance has a purpose. The glance attracts you to Jesus. It attracts you to the church. But it is the gaze that transforms you into Jesus. It is the gaze that transforms you into an entire utter being in so much that the Bible describes your salvation as a new creation, something that has never existed before. Someone shout amen. Now this word beholding, comes with two meanings to it. It comes with two meanings. It means to gaze and to reflect. There's like two meanings that run simultaneously, side by side. It means to gaze and to reflect. So as we gaze Jesus, we reflect Jesus. As we gaze upon Jesus, we reflect Jesus. The New Living Translation brings this definition out. When it says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect. Did you catch that? Can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. It captures the, the broader meaning of that word behold. To see and to reflect. To gaze and to reflect. As we, as we gaze Jesus, we reflect Jesus. I shared on Thursday the story of a little boy who wanted a glow stick for his birthday. And he was excited 
to get a glow stick. And so the morning came of his birthday and he opened up his gift and in the box was a glow stick. And he got so excited for this glow stick because he wanted to see it shine that he kept the glow stick in the box and he protected the glow stick until the sun set and night came. And the moment the night came, he opened up the box, excited to see the glow stick shine, and he lifted it up in the air, and to his surprise, in the darkness, it did not shine. It did not shine, and he was brokenhearted, so he ran back to his mother and said, Mama, Mama, my glow stick didn't work. It's not shining. Something is wrong with it. His mama went to the box and she read the instructions and the instructions said, if you want me to shine in the night, keep me in the light. If you want me to shine in the night, keep me in the light. The young boy made a mistake. He kept the glow stick in the box and it did not absorb the rays of the sun. So what he did after learning the instructions is he got excited. He waited for the sun to rise and he laid it on the ground and all day long that glow stick uh, soaked up the rays of the sun and then when the night finally came he held it up in the air and it shined bright and he was so excited. See it's the same for you and I. The way that we keep our light bright is that we have to soak up the rays of the sun, S-O-N, S-O-N. And the more we soak up the rays of the sun, the more we have the ability to glow in the dark. And I want to I remind us that we are living in dark days. We are living in dark days. We're living in the last of last days. And if we need more than ever, what we need more than ever, what God needs more than ever in our generation is glow-in-the-dark Christians. We need glow-in-the-dark Christians, people that shine bright for the kingdom of God. But you're only going to shine as you gaze into the glory of God. Someone shout amen. In Psalms 34, verse 5, it says they looked to him and were radiant. How is your radiator? So, the question before us this morning is how do we behold Jesus? How do we behold Jesus? And I want to give us some answer to that. You're going to walk away this morning with some answer to that. Number one. We behold Jesus in his word. We behold Jesus in his word. When I was a little kid, um, and they would take me to a restaurant, I remember my aunt, she would get us little kids uh, booklets from the restaurant where we could write in. And one of the exercises that I would play at the restaurant waiting for the food was called connect the dots. Connect the dots. And in connect the dots, you would draw a line through a series of numbers. One, two, three, four, five. And when you completed the exercise, and if you did it correctly, if you lined up the numbers with your line, at the end of the exercise, it would manifest a picture. 
Anybody ever played Connect the Dots? And sometimes it would be a face of an individual. Sometimes it would be a car. Sometimes it would be a dog. But, but if you connect the dots properly, if you went sequence upon sequence, at the end of the line, a picture would, would manifest. And, and, and it, is the same, it is the same with the scriptures. It is the same with the Bible. When we connect the dots of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, it produces the face of Jesus for you and I. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? When we connect the dots of the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, it produces the faith, uh, face of Jesus because the Bible is all about Jesus. Bible is all about Jesus. And even in his earthly ministry, Jesus connected the dots of scripture several times uh, for people. He told the relig religious leaders one day in John chapter 5, verse 39, listen to what he told them. He said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. He connected the dots. He connected to the dot. Leaders connect the dots. You searching for eternal life, but you don't even realize that the scriptures point to me. Hello, somebody. Why? Because the Bible is all about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation. You remember in Genesis when God told the serpent that one day the seed of the woman would crush his head? Who was the seed? Who was he referring to? You know what he was talking about? He was talking about the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus was foretold even in the beginning. You ain't got to wait to the New Testament to get to Jesus. He's all the way back in Genesis. The Bible is all about Jesus. You remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrown into the fire and the king thought they would be consumed up. But when he looked over, he saw a fourth person in the fire. Who do you think the fourth person was? Has Jesus walked through the fire with anybody in the house today? Has he took you through the fire? Anybody can testify about that? I remember in the Old Testament when Joshua was about to conquer Jericho. In Joshua chapter 5, the Bible says all of a sudden there stood a man right before Joshua with his sword out. And young Joshua, he was a warrior. He was a fighter, but he was, he was still kind of wet uh, behind the ears because he did not discern that that person uh, with the sword was the Lord God Almighty. So Joshua, in his fervency and his youthful zeal, he approaches God and says, and it says what set you from? Joshua chapter 5, he approaches God and he says, are you for us or are you against us? Didn't even know it was God. And in Joshua chapter 5, the person says, he says, he says, I'm the commander of the armies of God. Who you think that was? He said, you don't even know who you approach. I'm the commander of the armies of God. And immediately the warrior Joshua falls to his face in front of that per individual. Who you think that was? It was Jesus. 
Connect the dots from Genesis to Revelation. When you go to Revelation in chapter 7, verse 17, it says, For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. Who is the Lamb? It is Jesus. It is Jesus. See, the more you behold your Bible, the more you behold Jesus. The more you behold your Bible, the more you behold Jesus. Jesus connected the dots with two discouraged disciples uh, after his resurrection. In Luke chapter 24, there was two dis uh, discouraged disciples who thought the world was about to end. And they're walking away from Jerusalem. And they're doing what all of us do when we get discouraged. They're trying to go back to their hometown. They're trying to go back to their homeboys. They're trying to go back to their level of comfort. And as they're walking away from Jerusalem, Jesus pops up on the side of them. And unknowing to them, he begins to school them down. And in Luke chapter Chapter 24, verse 27, this is what Jesus says. Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning who? Mary Poppins? Who? Himself. He connected the dots. And when you read the rest of that chapter, those two brothers, they said, man, didn't you feel the fire that was burning in our hearts as he opened the scripture to us? Didn't you feel that our hearts begin to burn within us as he connected the dots? Didn't you feel the fire as we begin to connect the dots and see the face of Jesus again? The fire is lit in our hearts. See, see, revival always starts with a renewed commitment of God's word. Whether an individual revival, a church revival, or a community revival, it begins with a recommitment to going back to the word of God and digging in to see the face of Jesus. You want revival? Put your face in the book. You want revival? Connect the dots again. See, the Bible is the mirror of Jesus. It's the mirror of Jesus. Most of us, I would dare say, let's talk like family, all of us know what a mirror is. Some of us spend a lot of time in a mirror. Hello, somebody. If you can't say amen, say ouch. And when you think of a natural mirror, I, I brought one as an illustration. When you think of a natural mirror, some of y'all spend too much time in a mirror. We, we look into the natural mirror because we want to see. Man, I need to go. I need to go back to Brandon's haircut. I need to go back to uh, caveman barbershop. Because we look in the natural mirror to see what's out of order, and we make adjustments. Ain't that right? Right? And my wife ain't here. I can talk on her right now. <laughs> I'm in the car waiting to go. What is that sister doing? She making adjustments. All the husbands do not say amen to that because I'll get you in trouble. But that's why, that's why we look in this mirror, right? I got to make adjustments. 
But the Bible is the mirror of Jesus. It's the mirror of Jesus. We, we look into the Bible not just for information. I, I, don't, I don't look in the Bible to get information, not just for information so I can brag to you on how many scriptures I know, uh, so I could tell you how much, well, the, the, how many verses are in the Bible, what's the longest chapter of the Bible. No, 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 that's not the main reason you look into the Bible. If you're looking in the Bible for that, you're looking for the wrong thing. We look into the mirror of Jesus so that we could see the face of Jesus and make adjustments. Make adjustments. Oh, my, my attitude don't look like Jesus this week. I gotta, I gotta make adjustments, right? It's not to condemn you, it's to transform you. Oh, I, I haven't been speaking the way Jesus is speaking, speaking so I gotta, I gotta make adjustments. I got to look on this side of myself, see, because some of y'all like one side, but you got to look at all the sides. Oh, I have not been responding like Jesus would respond, see. See, oh, when Jesus was on the cross and he was being persecuted, he was being stabbed. He didn't say a mumbling word. He didn't curse them. He didn't cuss them out. In fact, oh, man, Jesus forgave them. Giving lately, I gotta make adjustments. Gotta make adjustments. The Bible is the mirror of Jesus, and we don't we don't call you here at ten a.m. just so you can feel good. You gotta understand. Can we talk like family? So, so we're like renewing our relationship because it's been three months since I've been here, and so we're kind of getting getting used to one another again, right? But I, I got to tell you, my job, my role, not even role, my purpose, because this is a purpose. This is not even a job for me. This is my purpose. This is what I'm called to do. This is what God filled me with the Holy Spirit to do. This is what God let me, set me free from prison to do, right? You, you, but you got to understand that part of, part of my purpose is, is I got, every time we come together, I, I got I to gotta hold up the mirror. I got to hold up the mirror. I got to hold up the mirror. I got to hold up the mirror. You see that light shining in your, in your, in your face, brother, brother? It's not my fault. I'm just the mailman. I'm just the mailman. And then the light shines. See the light? You see the light shine? There it goes, Coach Kenny. Right? You see how the light shines? See? You see? That's my job. I didn't even think about that, Pastor Sandy, but the Holy Ghost come through with a good illustration. You see? So you can't get mad at me because, see, this is my role. I'm telling you up front. I'm telling you, we're starting our relationship over again, so I'm being up front, right? right? We're not going to sneak around, right? This is part of my role. I've got to hold up the mirror, the mirror, so that we could all make adjustments that ultimately we reflect the glory of the Lord. Someone shout Amen. So we behold the Lord in his word. Someone say word. Secondly, and I'm not going to take too long on this closing remarks, but I do want to get it out here. Secondly, we behold the Lord in his presence. In his presence. 
If you have your Bibles, I, I do want you to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10, verse 38. I want to I remind you, um, one of the things the Lord impressed upon me in the sabbatical is a renewed commitment to the Word of God. A renewed commitment to the Word of God for me as an individual to study God's Word, but also a renewed commitment to teach you the Word of the Lord. One of the gracious gifts that God has given me, I don't even know how he gave it to me, I don't deserve it, but God has given me and my wife uh, the gift to teach God's word. He has given me the gift to teach God's word. I don't even know how I got it. I don't even know when I got it. Uh, it just slapped me upside the head one day. So I'm making a renewed commitment to teach you the word of God. Like when you come on Sundays or Thursdays or even, or even small group, we want you to learn the word. We want you to see the picture. We want you to connect the dots. But you, this is a relationship, right? It's give and take, right? It's give and take. You, uh, I'm praying that you have a renewed commitment in yourself to learn the word of God. Someone shout amen. So every time you come to Chapel Change, come hungry for the Word of God. Come with your pencil, buy a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible, but we want to keep our face in the book. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. When everybody's there, say amen. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Note that right there, because some of y'all need to open your home to Jesus. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Notice that. What did she do? She sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one, Mary, get this, has chosen what is better. You're always going to have a choice. You're always going to have a choice. God is not going to force you to sit with him. He's not going to force you uh, to follow him. You will have a choice. And right here it says, Mary chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So Martha is distracted, filled with worry and anxiety. By the way, whenever you get distracted, it opens up your heart to worry and anxiety. Mary is focused, gazing into the face of Jesus. Mary is uh, commended by Jesus. Mary is affirmed by Jesus. And this is not the first time Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. She has priors for sitting at the feet of Jesus. In John chapter 12, verse 3, it says that then Mary uh, took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on, get this, Jesus' feet. There's a connection between Mary and Jesus' feet, and it's significant. Because feet speak of being near someone, closeness to someone. We behold Jesus when we sit in his presence. We behold Jesus when, when we are still in his presence. We behold Jesus when we sit still in his 
presence. In Psalm 16, 8, it says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. I have set him where? Before me. So we behold Jesus when in his presence through worship and prayer. And then lastly, as I close, we behold Jesus in his people, in his people. Someone say people. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. So I want to remind us as we uh, set our face towards this next season of ministry together, that we are the body of Christ. Every born-again believer is part of the body of Christ. And as we join together, the dots are connected and we form the image of Christ for the world and for each other. Did you catch that? As we join together, the dots are connected and we mysteriously form the image of Christ for the world and for each other. In Ephesians 1.23, it says, And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. So hear me, my brothers and sisters. As we come together, we form the image of Christ. As we serve together, we form the image of Christ. As we worship together, we form the image of Christ. As we pray together, we form the image of Christ. As we fellowship together, we form the image of Christ. As we come together in a mysterious way, the glory of God is released into the world. There is a release of God's glory when we join together. And that's why Satan fights us from coming to church. That's why Satan fights us from coming together. Because he does not want the image of God to be manifested in this world. Because more of the image of God means more people are getting saved. More people are getting healed. More people are getting delivered. So he fights tooth and nail to keep us disjointed and separated. There's a power that is released when we come together. There's a wisdom that is released when we come together. There's a joy that is released when we come together. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10 says God's purpose and all this, get this, was to use the church, who's the church? You and I. Was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That's a powerful mystery that takes place when we come together. The church displays the wisdom of God. We create the image of Christ. And through that image, the Lord speaks and rebukes and heals and, 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 and delivers through that image. Through that image. One of the things when I was in my sabbatical, I created a list of the... 10 biggest hits, like blows, of ministry in the last 10 years. But I also created a list of the 10 biggest wins. Like what, what was the 10 biggest wins of Chapel of Change? 
for me in the last 10 years. And on the top of the list that I wrote down, I wrote down new relationships. New relationships. That means you. <laughs> That's you. Like one of my big wins in the last 10 years is the new relationships that God has formed through the church. And those relationships give me strength. Like I get joy being around y'all. I get happy being around you. I get, I get, I get peace and I, I get love when, when I'm around you. And that was one of my biggest wins. Now don't get me wrong. Some of y'all get on my nerves sometimes. Because that's what family does. That's what family does. That's just what family does. Right? But by and large, y'all bring me joy. I, at the end of my uh, sabbatical, I uh, planned to take my son to Alaska. And one of the reasons I was taking my son to Alaska is because I wanted to get away for the last time before I jumped back in the river. I just want to get away. And I thought Alaska to me was the end of the world. In fact, it's called the last frontier. To me, it's like, okay, I'm going to go to Alaska. I'm going to get away. I'm going to get away from in Alaska. It's just get away. It's far. It's the end of the In fact, they call Alaska the last frontier. <laughs> That's how far away it is. And I remember my son, we got off the plane, and, and we got our rent-a-car, and we're in Alaska. We're getting away uh, from everybody, right? And we're driving, and we're going to the place where we're going to meet uh, the people that we're at. And I remember getting out of the car, and I got out of the car, and I went into the room, and I stepped into the room, and out of nowhere, I see Pastor Terry Beasley right there in the room. Raise your hand, Pastor Terry Beasley. Pastor Terry Beasley been with us for like 13 years, right? And, and, and it, this all happened in a split second, right? But I'm thinking in my mind, like, I just, I flew like five hours. I'm in, I'm in the whole side of the world. I'm trying to get away. I'm trying, you know, just my last couple days. And uh, surely ain't nothing in Alaska but, but moose and bear and salmon and, and, and and I look, and my dear brother, big brother, um, Pastor Terry, smiling like this. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing, though. I'll tell you one thing. All jokes aside, when I seen that brother, it brought joy to my heart. It brought joy to my heart. It brought, it brought peace to my heart. Like, in case I wrestle any moose out there, he going down first, right? It brought, it brought joy to my heart. It brought peace to my heart. Why? Because we're connecting the dots. We're joining together. There's a joy that is released when the body of Christ comes together. There's a power that is released. There's a healing that is released. And the enemy doesn't want that. So I challenge our church as we go into this next season of ministry together, make a renewed commitment of joining together. Make a renewed commitment of coming together for worship and prayer and the study of God's word. Make a renewed commitment. And the first Thursday of September, on Thursday night, I'm going to start a new 
Bible study. It's probably going to be about six weeks long, and we're going to go through the, uh, I'm going to give you an introduction to the book of Psalms. I'm actually calling it Healing My Soul Through Psalms. Healing My Soul Through Psalms. It's going to start on the first Thursday of September. I want to encourage you to attend that study. I want to encourage you to end this year strong by being joined together with the body of Christ. So my brothers and sisters, as we contemplate on what it means to behold the Lord, we behold the Lord in his word, we behold the Lord through his presence, and we behold the Lord in his people. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as the worship team comes back up for a couple moments, this is an important part of our time together where we reflect upon the word, we meditate upon the word. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's consider what the Lord told us this morning. What was he trying to get across to you? If you're watching online, I encourage you to do the same, whether at home or in a car. Bow your head wherever you're at, and let's reflect upon the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What was the Lord trying to get across to you? What was the Lord saying? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe there's someone in here who needs prayer for strength. You need extra prayer, special prayer. If you're here this morning and you need special prayer, I want to pray with you right where you're at. And I'm going to ask that you just stand up as a response to God. Just stand up right where you're at if someone needs prayer. And I'm going to just pray pray for you. Everybody else remain in the atmosphere of reflection and meditation as we pray for those who are standing up. For those of you who stood up, the Lord knows your need. The Lord knows your every need. And we're going to come in agreement with you that God help you God, fill you, and God, direct you. God, help you, God, fill you, and God, direct you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who stood up, 
you know what they're going through you know the challenges they face Lord you know all about them you know their strengths and their weaknesses father but Lord they have stood up to ask for help and your word teaches us from whence does our help come our help comes from the Lord God Almighty your word tells us to look up to receive the help from Mount Zion the Lord God Almighty and so father I pray for everybody who stood up I pray that you encourage them Lord you sent your Holy Spirit to help us I pray that your Holy Spirit more soul come alongside of them to help them and I pray that your Holy Spirit fill them fill them with power to make the right decisions fill them with power to make the right decisions Lord God some of them are faced with hard decisions right now I pray that you fill them with power and wisdom and I pray that you give them a, a stick to itiveness to whatever it is that you're guiding them to do stick to it stick to it stick to it father I pray for everybody who stood up draw them closer to you father draw them closer to you Lord God help them to end this year strong Help them to re recognize it doesn't matter how they started this year. It matters how they end this year. That they could, they could end it strong as they gaze upon you. Help them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. You may be seated. God is good all the time. Did anybody learn anything this morning? Did you learn something? Praise God. Before I call Pastor Martin to lead us in our tithes and offerings as we worship the Lord in our giving, uh, I want to make a special announcement, particularly to our Paramount campus. Uh, we're going to begin in about maybe a week or two uh, renovating all the windows in the church building. All the windows in the church building, I believe, they're the original windows of when this church building was made like 60 years ago. And they're very flimsy and they allow the cold air to go out they allow the cold air to go out so we're gonna begin renovating all the windows uh, and it's gonna take some time and it's gonna take some money it's gonna cost I, I don't know exactly but it's gonna cost probably about twenty five thousand dollars all the windows on the side the exterior and and inside so with that said I'm going to be praying that God bless everybody uh, extra financially. I'm going to be praying that God blesses you, whether it's with a raise, whether it's uh, with whatever, however God gets it to you, whether he just drops down a check into your, uh, into your mailbox. I, I talked to a couple uh, last night. They said, they went into their bank account a month ago, and for some reason, the state owed them $6,000 that they weren't even aware about, and then bam, $6,000 was dropped into their account. And so I'm going to be praying that something similar happens with you. And when the Lord does that, do not run with it. When the Lord does that, whether he blesses you little or big, don't you run around the corner and then we don't see you for three months. 
I'm asking in the next month or two, as the Lord blesses you, that you give extra above your normal tithes and offerings. However the Lord blesses you, just give extra above your normal tithes and offerings so that we can cover the expenses of renewing or replacing all the outside windows and even the inside of the church. The Lord gave us this building. We purchased it about nine years ago. And when we purchased it, it was a miracle. We didn't even have the money to buy it, but God provided. But we didn't have the money to renovate it. So we're slowly but surely renovating the building, getting it up to par for the thousands and thousands of people that we see in the future uh, being saved here. So you could partner in that in the next month or so. Just give extra above your tithes and offerings. Would anybody agree with that? Anybody inclined to do that? Come on, somebody. Anybody inclined to do that? Praise the Lord. Let's welcome Pastor Martin. Give it up for Pastor Martin. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. God is so good, and I'm glad you're partnering with us in your giving as well. For those of you online, thank you so much for your giving also. The scripture that I have is found in Leviticus. Amen. And the word of the Lord says this, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. I see five things here that God has blessed us with. One, He's blessed us with land. He's blessed us with food. He's blessed us with the soil that produces the fruit. And he's blessed us with the trees. Pastor, what are you talking about? What has God given you? What's he blessed you with? A job? He's blessed you with the ability to either buy a home or you're renting, saving to buy a home? I don't know how you're thinking. That's the way I think. I'm blessed because of him. Not it's because of I've done anything to deserve it. He gives it to me because he loves me. So it is my duty, my job, to honor him back with what he's given me. Because in reality, it all belongs to him. He gives us that gift, that ability to own and have what we have to be sustained by the Lord. God is so good. Amen? So partner with us in regards to renovating the Paramount campus. Look at this LED wall. Amen? God is doing some good things here at Chapel of Change. This is good ground. I was going to bring an apple up to show you an illustration, but I want you to imagine it instead. Taking an apple and cutting it down one side and down the other side, you end up with four pieces. Chances are, if you're hungry, you're going to eat the whole thing without even thinking of the very tiny seed that's inside of the apple that can produce more than what you have in your hand. So I'm going to take that one seed and I'm going to plant it into fertile ground and allow the Lord to continue to bless me and grow me and strengthen me. Amen? God is good. Give the Lord some praise. 
I have a few announcements. We have a debit machine in the lobby that can facilitate your giving as well. If you want to pay for all the windows, just do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, some, some people are blessed that way. Why not? Amen. Pastor Terry, bless the Lord. Amen. We have envelopes behind your seats. Amen. That you're able to give that way as well. Most of our family gives on chap, the chapelofchange.org or you can text to the number that's on the screen. As the ushers come forward, we're going to prepare ourselves to give to the Lord. Amen. We have child dedications on the 20th and the 21st of this month. So if you want to dedicate your child, please sign them up. Speak to one of our uh, representatives in the lobby that will help facilitate that for you. Amen. And this September, uh, we are starting a midweek Bible study uh, in the book of Psalms. Pastor Brian already gave that information, but it's my duty to give it to you twice, just in case you say, I didn't hear it the first time, you heard it this time. Amen. So we're going to be starting that study as well. And we have baptisms uh, next month, amen, on the 3rd and the 4th. So if you're looking to get baptized, amen, please sign up. If you think you want to get baptized, please explore that option. When we have the class, you're more than welcome to come in. You don't have to do it unless you want to, but at least get in the class and hear to what's being said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Heavenly Father, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise because of who you are, Lord God, and that you continue to bless us in our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, ushers, you are released. Amen. Stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's thank God for the worship team again. Amen. Amen. Uh, the pastor is going to come, and they'll be willing to pray with you. Maybe you're here uh, today, and you need special prayer, or you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Uh, they will pray with you, and so please take that the opportunity to uh, to come and pray with the pastors. It is our custom here to to just stretch our hands before the Lord. Let's just lift our hands before the Lord and receive this blessing. Father, we thank you for the message today. Of, we behold the Lord in his word. We behold the Lord in his presence. We behold the Lord in his people. We are transformed beholding you. So, Father, we want to say thank you for the word this morning that's transformational. 
and we receive this blessing as, our as we stretch our hands and our heart towards you. In the name of our Father who loves you with an endless love. In the name of his Son who died that you can live. In the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with power. May you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, receive his blessing. God bless you. Come on, put your hands together and walk with the blessing of the Lord.